0: You know that, that verse comes from a verse in the Bible. Romans 8, 20 is one of my life verses. He makes all things come together and work out everything that he's called us to do according to his purposes and his plans for our life. And this, this new year, happy new year by the way, so glad to see you guys, so glad that you're back here. It's gonna be an amazing year. I'm just gonna speak that right now. I have such hope and such expectation walking into this new year, knowing who my God is and who he's called me to be. And today we're gonna talk about, Pastor John is gonna talk about taking risk, stepping into faith, not just conceiving and believing, but actually moving forward in that belief. Going from a dreaming mind state into a doing mind state. And I believe with all of my heart that what God has called you to, that he will work out because his word says so. According to his purposes and plans for his life, he will make it work together for your good. If you have the faith and you take the step in trusting him, he will do it because his word says he will. Amen? Amen. So glad to have you back here today. Let's worship together this morning. Come on, sing with me today. There's nothing worth more that could ever come
1: close. Nothing can come back. You're our living heart. You'll
0: Just up this morning say come on lift your voice sing it one more time Spirit, you. come on come on come on change in your life starts with your praise today come on lift your voice and
1: feel the
0: atmosphere.
1: Your glory. I'll make that your prayer today to him. Say. Oh, I want just to know."
0: today.
2: Sing it again. Just think of your soul, the innermost of your core. My soul sing. You can sing with your voice, but sing with your soul. Soul sings. My soul sings. Come on, church, sure, sing it out. How I love from your soul. Deep down, God. My soul. God, I thank you for today, God, that I'm alive, God, that I can come into a place and worship with my soul, worship with my voice, with my actions, God, with my hands, with my with my body, God, that in this moment, God, we worship you, God, we start off 2017 by simply worshiping you, God, with song, God, in this moment that our soul just cries out for you, God, that we, we stay here, God, in this moment until we're one, God, that is our desire this morning. God, we give our life to you, God. We give our praise to you, God. We give everything to you right now. We start this right. God, be, be king this morning. Be Lord. God, we love you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give God a hand If you guys be seated. Amen. Amen. Well, happy new year. Good morning. Good morning, everyone's happy to be out of the cold, I'm assuming, or is it still cold for some people? Isn't it funny how this seems warm now, you're like, man, it's like 28 degrees, it feels awesome. Anyway, um, well welcome to Hill City Church, if this is your first time, welcome. Uh, My name's Paul, I'm just part of the leadership team here, and um, man, is anybody excited about the new year? Nice. After John preaches, you'll feel much better. Man, I just, I love new beginnings, I love the new year. Um, so a few, a few quick announcements, uh, one is uh, Growth Track. Uh, we're starting our Growth Track, which uh, formerly known, if you guys been here a while, as Paradigm, um, but it's a way to get connected, the way to call this your home, if you've been coming here for a while. Um, this is our next step, uh, say next step. Next step to partner, not just with us, but with the Kingdom of God and what we're doing at Hill City Church. Um, so it's, it's about a four or five week course, uh, once a week. Um, and we go through, um, you can sign up right out here at this table, there's a big sign that says GrowTrack, um, and so we'll be kicking that off uh, sign up for the next couple uh, several weeks here, and, uh, and we'll be kicking that off uh, in the beginning of February um, so if you've been coming here, I encourage you if you have any questions, anything we can clarify uh, please let us know, we'll be at the table Amen? Uh, ushers, you guys can come forward uh, I just had a question anybody doing like a weird um, food fast at this point in the, looks like Sheena's eating apples, just kidding, I mean Anybody doing any weird fast this time of year? Nobody wants to admit it, I'm sure. A tomato fast. I was talking to Caleb, and I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, I'm fasting. I go, oh, from food? He says, no, I'm eating. Like, what are you eating? Potatoes. I'm like, that's it? Potatoes? <laughs> so I guess he's doing the Martian diet. Everybody see the movie The Martian? Or he just say, Mar- not potatoes? I don't know. That's Caleb, Where we are, it's a weird diet. Just eat potatoes. Anyway, um, you know, I was just thinking about habits. And I'm going to take your, da- Is your dad's Bible that uh you know not to get too serious or anything but you know right now um you you crave what you what you what you consume right you know what i'm talking about so um what you feed yourself um, you will continue to crave more and more of that and um i've cut out sugar no whatever ooh really really big deal um it is a big deal thank you john (laughs) after this time of year it's like i'm it's like 9 in the morning, I want a cookie already. Um, but I'm I starting to cut out sugar because we, we consume a ridiculous amount of sugar over the holidays. Um, but you know, the first couple days, you're like, oh man, I really need something. And by the third day, you're like, all right, not as bad. Fourth day, fifth day, you're like, all right, I don't crave it anymore. Um, and that's kind of what we do. But, but sometimes we don't necessarily put the good things in to make ourselves crave, and I'm holding up a Bible here in case you're wondering what I'm holding. Um, but I want 2017 to start off with us feeding ourselves with this. Amen. Then we start out, we can come to church. And honestly, um, that's secondary, that we live by truth and we live on the word. And uh, I want you guys, uh, it's important to come with the body of believers, and I'm not discounting that. But if you talk about feeding yourself or, you know, removing something from your diet, make sure that you guys add this to your diet. I promise you, the more and more you consume it, the more you read it, the more you think about it, the more you'll crave about it, and it'll change your life. And I'll give it to John right now. And he's going to bring an awesome word this morning. But before that, I'm going to pray. God, thank you for this morning, Um, for 2017, God, that we have a breath in our lungs, that we can see that we're here, God. I thank you for everything that you provide for us this morning, God. We don't take that for granted. We live because of you, God. We live because of you. God, we'll spend our lives, our, our moments in 2017 to give ourselves to you, your calling to further your kingdom. And that's what we say at Hill City Church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, guys, and thank you for your giving. But it just reminds
3: me, whatever you consume will consume you. It's true. Like, I really like food, and and I don't know if you're like me, but I think about food all the time. Anyone think about food all the time? I know we need to eat food, right? Some of you guys think about food all the time because you guys are healthy. You're like, I need to pick the right things. I think about food all the time because I'm hungry. All the time. And when he was talking about sugar, I was like, I would like a donut right now. Uh, But whatever you consume will consume you. Whatever that you are adding into your life. And uh, Courtney Mike, congratulations. All right. They just got engaged. I just want to throw it out there. Uh, But, man, the things you consume in your life will consume you. It will consume you. It will overtake you. As, and, and we are uh, by, by uh, just design consumers. That's how God made us. If it's food or if it's all these things. And it, as, as you consume the word of God, if you, as you make it a plan that it's very important to you, it will start to consume your life. It, the, the way you will start living by how the word is speaking to your life. And then God's voice, you, have you ever prayed the prayer, God, I can't hear you? Right? And then I say just start reading the word. Start praying. Doing the things that consume you. And it will start overtaking you. It will start, you you can't keep God out of your mind and your heart. And he will lead your path as you consume his word. That's how it goes in anything. Just like I'm hungry all the time because I think about food all the time, right? It's because that's what you're thinking about all the time. And so that's what's taking place in your mind. And that's how we are made. We are made consumers. So what we need to do is consume the right thing. If you consume gossip, that's all you'll think about. If you consume complaining, that's all you'll think of. That's all you'll be. That's that's your filter. You're a filter of complaints. And and, and I want us to consume the right things. So uh, as we start today, I just want to say Happy New Year. Tell your neighbor or tell the person next to you Happy New Year. Yeah, tell them. And, and good morning, my name is John. If this is your first time, thank you for being here. And I'm really, really excited about the new year. Because during the new year, there's optimism, right? Like, oh, we're going to do some stuff this year. We're going we're gonna to get some stuff done. There's planning. You start to strategize. You, you, and you, you push the reset button. It's like pushing the reset button on your Nintendo, right? Everything starts over again. We get our planning on, and it's a season. When it's a new year, it's a season of hope. Even though you went through some hardships, it's a season of hope. We say, it's not gonna be like that this year. It's gonna be different. We say that, I say that every year. I don't know how you say it, but I'm kind of, I'm optimistic about how things are going to go. And, and so when I think about the new year, I think about like seasons, right? Winter is starting to fade down. And as winter fades, spring begins to arise. I think of uh, new things. I think of new life. I think of new hope in, in, in the season. And so I want you to think about it as seasons because just like there's seasons of, of, of uh, weather, there's seasons in your life. There's seasons of winter. And some of you guys have been going through some winter. You're like, man, it's hard like every day, right? And, some, and I, I want to tell you when it's like that, there's a season of spring coming. You can start seeing things melt. You're going to go outside. You're going to switch from your winter jacket. Just like Paul was saying, when it's 20 degrees, you're like, ooh, it's warm today, right? You start switching because you got so used to winter season. When it just changes a little bit, you can feel it. And I'm telling you, sense it. God is doing something new here. God is going to do something new in your life, but you've got to grab it. There is nothing in your life that is handed to you. Nothing nothing we don't have parents anymore just to hand us stuff I asked my kids uh, not too long ago is there anything in your life you need they're like what do you mean need and I'm like oh man I'm ruining you <laughs> I think about that I'm like what kind of hardships can I put in front of my kids life so they can grow a little bit because everything I'm doing they don't need anything and I don't know if I'm ruining them right and, uh, and uh, I, I want them to grow as humans and individuals and Christians That they go through a hardship and they know how to handle it But they know how to be there for others too But if they provide everything, I'm like, man, when you become an adult You're going to be horrific So I need to put some hardships in front of you So that's when chores come in, right? Candace tells me, why do all the kids do, why do, the kids do all your chores? I said, I'm teaching them, I'm managing <laughs> I'm managing It's good for them, and she's like you don't do it. You know, you're doing less chores. I'm like, it's way harder to manage, babe. I'm middle management, right? You're upper management. I'm middle management. But I, I, I was just thinking, last week, we got our first online church going, and I just want to thank uh, Caleb and Jen for directing and editing, and, and uh, Jason and Bob for making it go live and streaming. I just want to thank them. Give them a hand, guys. And it really does take a village. It takes a lot of people to get things going. But I hope you found, if you listened to last week's message, your one thing. There's a lot of things that we should do. There's a lot of things we want to do. But there's one thing we must do. Instead of making 100 resolutions, what is your one thing? Your one thing that will change your life if you do it this year. I think everyone has one thing. Everyone. There's thoughts that's coming to your mind right now. There's some relationships we need to get in order. We have fought and fought, and we try to ignore it and sing, I can live without you, but you know what? That's not how we're supposed to live. you got to face. you got to face your issues. You do. It makes you better. That's right, and it hurts, but it makes you better. But what is your one thing that you got to do? And this week, the message is called Go Set Ready. Say, Go Set Ready. Go Set Ready. I'm going to pray, and we're going to run right into this. Heavenly Father, I just ask, Lord, be with us as we go set, ready. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, open up hearts and open up minds. I believe they're here on purpose and you have a word for them and that we can be ready and we can go, Lord God. But I pray dude, you need to do some work within us, Lord God, some fixing within us, Lord God. We need your faith. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said amen. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Go, set, ready. Last month, I've been really thinking about uh, just what to do in 2017. Just in 2017, what are we going to do as a church? I love 2016. I think we, uh, we moved forward a lot in 2016. But as I've been praying and as I've been thinking about 2017, the big words that God has put in my heart is that risk equals faith. Faith equals risk. Think about that faith equals risk. That's what God has been putting on my heart, that we as a church and family, I'm not talking about us as a, just an organization, I'm talking to us in here, because I'm always talking about us in here as a, as a group, because it doesn't matter if the organization is just risking, if we as a community, as a family is not risking and moving in faith, what's the point? Then we're just dramatizing what, Good things are going on, right? We're like, oh, yeah, this is the organizational structure of uh, this year. We're gonna, our vision statement will be faith equals risk, and it's all just words. If it doesn't translate into us, if it doesn't translate into my life, if it doesn't translate into Jason's life, risk, we have to risk. We have to risk. Life is risk, and we know that. Already, but that's what God's putting into my heart that we need to live with dangerous faith, risky faith, and faithfulness. Risky faith and faithfulness for our future, for our children, for our community, for our lives, and for our God. If you do not risk, nothing changes. Bottom line, it doesn't change. If you do not attempt and do not risk, you have no say over your life, you're just going with the flow. And no one, if you don't risk and you don't make a statement with your life, you are letting your culture and your surroundings tell you what your future holds and tell you what your purpose is. But when you take a stand and you understand what God is putting in your heart, then you better risk. If God has told you something, you better move in risk. For Hill City Family 2017 is a year that we see God move tangibly. That's what I want to see. I want to see God move tangibly, like really move. Like you just know, like you, all you could say was that's God. I can't, I, I don't even know what to say about that situation. It was just God, he took over. He took over. And, 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 if, and that's, that's going to be our year. That's going to be in us. That's going to be in you, our children. We got one shot in life, guys. And I'm telling you, some of us, we forget. We just kind of uh, just are existing in life. You got one shot m and is right, right? You only got one shot. And then and, and some of us, we're letting everything else control our outcome, and then we complain about it. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? What did you do? Like, I just went with the flow. No, you can't. You can't. You got to make a stand with your life if you want to see your life move forward. And I'm not okay with okay. I'm not okay with 2016. 2016 was not awesome for us, but it was awesome for many people, but I'm still not okay with that. There has to be more, and you know it. You can sense it in your spirit. You're not okay with okay. You're not okay with just existing. You know it because your spirit's alive in you, and it tells you all the time. Like, you know why you're bored? Because you're boring. That's right, because you don't attempt anything. You're like, I'm bored, God. Do something in my life. You wouldn't do anything anyway. Even if I told you. if I Even if I put it in your face, you wouldn't pick it up. You, if you're bored with life, I'm telling you, you're living boring. Sorry. You're like, shut up, John. You're boring. I know sometimes I am. And then I get sick of it. And I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing when I know that I only have one life to live? And then I'm in on the story of God. I tell you all the time, there could have been 8 million other yous in the moment of conception. Don't think too much about your parents, all right? But in that moment, you were born into this life. How crazy is that? That you get an opportunity to live instead of 8 million other yous. You've won already. Stop living like you lost. Stop complaining like you lost. You've won it's the way we see things. Stop seeing things with, with eyes saying, I don't have this, I don't have that. Man, you don't live in Ethiopia either. You're not living in Haiti either. Let's wake up. We live in America. God has put things in our hands so we can influence this world. We can either believe that or we can believe the world just influences us and we can sit back and go with the flow and, and, and let life dictate who we are. And I choose not to. Let us not be okay with okay. Let's defy normal. Let's defy normal. We got one shot. In the book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, Jim Cimbala, the pastor of Brooklyn Tab or Tabernacle, said it this way. He said, I despair at the thought that my life might slip by without seeing God show himself mighty on our behalf. I'm going to say it, read it one more time. I despaired at the thought, because his life, he was living boring, right? And that's a good book to read, by the way, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, Jim Simbaugh. It'll, it'll crush you. That's good. In a good way. It'll crush you in a good way. Be crushed, folks, right? But I despaired at the thought that my life might slip by without seeing God show himself mightily on my behalf. Think about that song. Have you ever felt that way? Like, I'm living, but man, God, I want you to move through my life so mightily. I want to be a part of something that you're doing. I just, you know you feel it. You know, you can't be a Christian and not feel that, unless you're not a Christian. You know, I understand that. I get it if you're not. But you can't be a Christian and say, God, I don't want you to move at all. I like my, I, I just like, nor, I like boring, God. No, there's, there's a spirit in you. Christ's spirit, that's just going crazy in you. I believe that. He's saying, this is what Jim Symbala is saying. He's saying this. I ain't going out like that. Without seeing God move through my life mightily, I don't want to exist. Yet more and more people are being played in this life by fear. They're just being straight conned in this life to follow this path and that path, and to say that's going to bring you happiness. The fear of the unknown, the fear of missing out, the fear of messing up, and the fear of what others think is keeping you from the life that was promised through Christ. It absolutely is. The life that you read in the Bible, have you ever read through the Bible and you're like, dang, that's amazing, I want that kind of fire in my soul. I want that kind of faith. I want to stand where, where, where God really does say, go and do it. And I want to believe him, God, the life that you can sense in you. During the Great Depression, President uh, Franklin Roosevelt, FDR, said in his inaugural address, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Do ever, many people have heard that. And he said this to the American people because fear was winning. And they were just letting fear take over. And when fear took over, the Great Depression just got worse and worse and worse. And people were just living off of fear. And I want to ask us, is fear winning in our life? Is fear winning in our decision making? Is fear winning in our praise of God? When we're praising God, are we thinking of fear or what other people might think or what we we, we might sound like? or, Or are you like, I'm all in. All in. I'm all crazy too. I don't care. Is fear dictating how we should act? Is fear dictating what we can believe in? And that's why FDR continued nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. People were afraid to move forward, but the only way out, the only way up from the depression, was to move by faith. It was. And uh, the American people did it. They did it. They started moving by faith in belief. I was reading a Rolling Stone article this week called Why We're Living in the Age of Fear, and it wrote this. And listen, listen to this. This is really huge. Around the globe, households, wealth, longevity, education are on the rise, while violent crimes or extreme poverty are down. Do you know we're as safe as the 50s right now? Did you guys know that? Yeah. We think it's so crazy out here. We're as safe as the 50s. Where, you know, where your three-year-old walked to school, right? It's crazy because everything we're told in the media tells you you should be afraid. Do not let your kids do anything. Just handcuff them to the bed, right? Just handcuff them. Like, don't let them out. But right now, you're living in the safest world that it has, has, has ever been, has ever been. Murder is down. Crime rate is down. You're living in a world that everyone, I mean, mean, even poverty around the whole world is changing. People are getting access to water like never before. Billions are moving out of the low class into the middle class. It's the best it's ever been. Yet this article says we have been the most scared that we've ever been. We have been conned to believe. I was talking to Heidi the other day about this at the library. Have we been conned by life, by our media, by our culture of how we should live? Have we been conned about our faith? I'm just thinking about this, and this is in me. And I, I, I don't want I, I, I to play it safe when it's, not, it's the most risky to play that way. If you, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew 6. All right, we still love the word. See, in this chapter, Jesus begins to knock down idols in our life, the things that we are scared of, the things that bring us safety. And in the beginning, he talks about money. That's right, money, how money can be our master, that we begin to believe it could save us. If I can just have enough, then I'll be happy, right? Have you ever thought that? You you might not say it, but we actually believe it. If I can have this, then I'll be happy. And it's funny because you get there and you're like, hey, it was the same as when I didn't have it, right? We get there, and we move from middle class to upper middle class or to upper middle class to upper whatever. Wherever we're moving, and guess what? Life is life. Wherever you are, there you are. If you are unhappy at 20,000, let me tell you, 100,000, you might be a little happier. You might have a nice car, but there you are. All of your issues still there. All of your marital issues still there. All of the secret things that are ruining you on the inside Still there. But if you're extremely happy at 20, guess what? Same thing. You Wherever you are, there you are. you got to change this because the, uh, the peripheral will not change you. So uh, we think that money can save us, that it, I'll be a happy person, I'll be a better person. It's funny because people think they're better people once they make more money. They act like now their voice counts. And you're like, no, you're the, you're the same guy. I, did. Uh, I was going to say something crazy, but I, I'm glad I didn't. Uh, you're the same guy. Man, that was close. Uh, you're the same guy that, I, that I've always known that you to be. Same person. You think that it's changed you? You got some ups on? No, you're the same person. I'm telling you, it doesn't change you. Man, you got to change the, the core, the soul. And, and living for money, luring us into such a way, we trade many times the God life for the safe life, which is not safe at all. I'm always shaking my friends just a little bit. And I tell them, like, and I'm sorry if you're my friend. I apologize. Because I'm always telling you, like, take the risk. Be crazy. Because you know what? You're going to die. I think I was telling Paul this week. And then I tell Mark, anyone around me, I tell them, you're going to die, folks. You're going to die. And you, if you play it so safe, guess what? At the end, you're going to die anyway. What were you playing safe for, right? So that you can tell God, God, I played it so safe. My life was so safe. It was boring. It was awesome. High five. He's not going to high five you. He might low five you, right? But I'm just, it's so crazy that that's what we think the outcome of our life should be. And so many of us, we lose our marriages, the closeness, the intimacy, our children, our God-given dreams and destinies on the altar of money. And I know money's not the enemy. I like it, right? But for some of us, it gives us value, identity and hope. Just take some of that away, and you fall apart, and you freak out. And, and, and because it tells you, it's your God. It's your God. Then Jesus speaks about fear and worry in Matthew six twenty-five. He says, therefore I tell you, do not be fearful or anxious about your life. That's a, that is a huge statement. Do not fear. He's commanding us. It is a statement of Jesus, where, where it says, love your enemies, and love your neighbors, is right up there. Do not fear. I know we don't like to say that because we fear and we're like, oh, we can accept it. It's acceptable in my Christian walk. And Jesus is like, no, it's not acceptable. Do not fear about your life. What you eat, drink, nor your body, what you put on, isn't life more than food, body, more than clothing? You got to change the way you think. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow or reap or gather up in barns, but yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious or by being fearful or by being scared, can add a single hour to your life? Have you ever complained and was so fearful, and then it took over your whole week? That whole fear was just taking over, and then you finally get out of it, and you're like, that was a waste of a whole week of me worrying. I am sick of something that I believe could happen that never happened. It just wasted you. It just drained you. And the crazy part is, Jesus is telling us, I got you. Do you trust me? Do you believe that I know what you need in life? Just jump. If you have a baby, uh, if you have a, a daughter or a son, I, I always make them do crazy stuff. So I make them like, and then don't worry about me, okay? If you, but I get them on top of the stairs, and I say, jump into my arms. And they just, uh, they don't know what to do, right? Sometimes, I'm, and I keep on gapping the stairs. I used to do with Sienna a lot, and we got to like, eight stairs. And I was like, I almost missed you on that one. (laughs) So we'll stop gapping. But as long as they hold on to something, they will not jump. But as they look into your eyes and they trust the Heavenly Father, they trust the Father, they will leap, man. But as long as you're holding on to whatever you're holding on, holding on to your passage, that grip, whatever you're holding on to, will keep you from leaping forward, keep you from faith. And Jesus says, you can't, you, can't, you, 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 yeah, you can't start living until you let go. Now I want to ask you in 2017, whatever you're holding on to as your God, would you let go, please? For the sake of your life, for the sake of the people in your life, and for the sake of your community, for your city, will you just let go and for one year say, God, I believe in you. Whatever you want to do, go ahead and do it. I believe in you, God. See Matthew six thirty three says this. Rather seek first the kingdom of God, live out your faith, take risk, move with belief in your King and His righteousness, His way, even when you're scared. And all these things you worry about will be added unto you, taken care of. Family, I don't want us to exist out of fear. Most time, fault it's false, right? Fear is making our decisions. Fears don't. It's affecting everything spiritually, communally, and fear is contagious, right? I remember one, we had a, uh, and this, uh, this may be a bad fathering moment, but I have those moments. And, but we were at Elitch Gardens, and, uh, and w- I was trying to get my son, uh, he's eight years old, on like, what, what is the drop ride where they just drop you? Tower of Doom. I was like, come on, let's go on the Tower of Doom. And he's like scared to go on the Tower of Doom. I'm like, and, uh, and I just want him to overcome fear, right? And so they're like, oh, we need, oh, we got two spots open, but you can't sit next to each other. I'm like... I'm good, cause I don't want to wait in line for an hour, <laughs> and so we're sitting in different spots. And Candace, from the back, she's like, "No, you don't. You're not. You're not going that." She's like yelling, like, "Don't go on that ride alone!" And and and, and, and then other moms are like, "You're going you, I can't believe you're letting your son go ride alone." And I was like, "I was like, shut up. You're a bad no, kid." I kidding, It was his first ride ever. Blah 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 blah. But I just wanted him to overcome fear, right? Uh, yeah, yes, yes, I, I'm not going to give you the, but I, I just, I did not want him to just be fearful. I wanted him to experience it, because sometimes we won't even experience something because of the fear of, right? And, and, and so we start arguing, and I'm like, I don't want you to instill fear in our children. I don't want you to tell them not to do something before you even, before they even attempt to do it. I, and, and, and Candace is like, you know, she's more cautious than I am, right? And uh, But we are arguing at Eli just pretty loud, <laughs> in front of all these people, and Candace pulls Micah off the ride, and I am, like, angry riding alone. (laughs) I'm like, I don't care. I'm still doing the Tower of Doom, and then I look at Micah. I said, you missed out, man. (laughs) You missed out, man, but I don't want my my kids, whom I love with all my heart, to ever be stopped by a sense of something that they don't have not ever experienced, just because, and I'm sorry, Candace. I think you're still wrong, but, uh, (laughs) but we'll, we'll, we'll take that up later, right? But I don't want them to experience that way. I don't want them to live that way, to take, uh, just to, to not participate because of something that they've never uh, experienced, right? And, and, and so if you take away risk from your walk with God, all you're left with is church attendance. I'm, I'm serious. If you take away faith from our faith, All you're left with is try to be a good person and go to church. That's your Christianity. And if that's your Christianity, that sucks. I'm serious. That is scary. That is not worth living for. I believe when God, when Jesus called you, he called you into the wildest story called faith. It's the wildest story that you can be a part of. It, I mean, we, I mean, look around this world. It is amazing. Like, God has put all this together for you. Then for us to sit back and not experience any of it is nuts. Not to trust God. After he's created this world, we're spinning at, like, Mach 36, right? We're, we, the moon is spinning around us as we're spinning 1,000 miles per hour, as we're spinning around the sun. I mean, we should be torn apart, Right? I mean, this world, if you, you live in a fantasy world, folks, and, and when we don't see it with the right eyes, we play it safe like God is not like this monster of a, like this incredible world that we get to be a part of. And then we just live. I just don't want you to live that way. Let's open our eyes. I mean, grass grows. I was telling someone this morning, grass grows with light and carbon dioxide. That's how it's fruitful. It doesn't... It, Think about that. That doesn't blow your mind. Like, that's how it grows. That's how you get your fruits. Yeah, a little bit of carbon dioxide, a little bit of light. Bam! Apple. That's insane! Anyone think about that? Think about this. When a a butterfly, before it becomes a butterfly, is goop. Right? It's a caterpillar, becomes a cocoon, becomes goop. And then becomes a butterfly. Insane! You live in a fantasy world, folks. Don't you live in a world where God is so incredible and so awesome, but yet we sit back and we were like, uh, we, we, we look at all the negative things and we don't see it in the light of eternity of what God's doing in the greater story. Don't live that way. Open your eyes. Jesus would constantly say to his disciples, look up. And I want to tell you, look up. Look up. Look up. Faith equals risk. In Hebrews 11.6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. It's impossible. It's impossible to please God without risk. Faith is Risk. James 2, 14 to 17 says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith but does not have works or action or risk, can that faith save him? And the answer to this question is no. Just throw that out there. If you answered yes, you're wrong. Can that faith save him? Yes. No. No, that's what he's saying. James is hardcore, right? He's Jesus' brother, and Jesus was hardcore. James was a little more hardcore. He was, like, less graceful, right? And yet James is loving your soul by saying he ain't going to lie to you. He ain't going to coddle you. He's like that mean uncle that went to the military for too long, right? And you ask him a question, he says it in a mean way, but he loves you so much he tells you direct. That's James, right? And James is saying, you think you're saved when your faith is dead? That's what he's saying. Then he continues, talk is cheap. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking daily food and one of you says then go in peace and warm and filled, you're like, hey, have an awesome day. God bless. Hey, guess what? You're the blessing of God. You're the hand of God. If you see someone going through a bad day and you say, I just hope you feel better, like, man, if, you, if they would give you access into their life, do something. Risk it. Risk looking stupid. Just risk it. If you can make someone's life better, do it. That is the kingdom of God. We serve a king who came to bring heaven down to earth. That's what you do. That's what we do. We, are a hev- we, we bring heaven down. And if we don't move, then God can't move. God chose to move through us, which is crazy already, right? And you can't experience the fullness of God until you step out. No, and what James is saying, if you don't move in mercy... You don't understand your own salvation. You don't understand what Jesus, Jesus, right, what Jesus saved you from. You don't understand. You don't understand your salvation if you don't move in radical, like, belief in God. Because for Jesus to save you, he believed in you, even though you shouldn't have even believed it. He, I believe God has more faith in us than we have in him. That he came to die on the cross. He took action. He took risk for you and for me. Family, if the cross no longer moves you, you better check your heart. And I mean it. I mean it. If you're a Christian in here and the cross no longer brings you to tears anymore, you better check your heart, man. Like Brother James say, you might not be saved. If people don't move your heart and your heart doesn't ache for people anymore, you better check yourself because you might not be saved. Uh, This is a great way to start out the year, right? You might not be saved, right? But this is is me loving your soul because I don't want you to go all the way, live your life, and never know Christ and just know Christianity as a religion. Faith is a response to a crazy God that has asked us to live in this world with all its pains, know that also that he can use you in that story. Faith is a response to God's love. It's risky. It's merciful. So what do we do from here? And I I better go quick. You heard the old saying, ready, set, go, right? Ready, set, go. And this is how many of us live. We get get ready, uh, and then we get set, and then we go. But in the kingdom of God, it doesn't work that way. Jesus doesn't work that way. He says, go, set, ready. Go, set, ready. Say that with me. Go, set, ready. That's right. God has put dreams and desires and genius in all of you. That's right. But if we're waiting to be ready and set, we will not go. If you're ready, if you're waiting to be ready, you will never be ready, right? Right? you gotta go. I wasn't ready to be a pastor, honestly. I wasn't ready to take over. I wasn't ready to get married. Anyone ready to get married? Everyone look back in marriage, you're like, dang, I was an idiot. (laughs) For the first 10 years, still am, right? (laughs) But I, if I wasn't, if I wasn't willing to go, like, I remember talking to Candace on the phone. I was like, I like her so much. (laughs) But like, man, I would not have Candace in my life if I wasn't, You're not ever ready, right? Some of you guys are, are, uh, some of you men, go. Stop sitting back and just saying, oh, I'm not ready yet. You'll never be ready. The the, the person of your dreams might be right next to you, but you got to go, right, Gino? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I'm telling you, they're right there, but you got to attempt. You can't sit back and say, God bring, I mean, how many times do we ask, God bring someone into my life? And there's like a hundred people coming into your life. You're like, God, please bring something into my life. I'm, I'm like, idiot. <laughs> right? It's just like, can you see? It's right in front of you. You can't, you can't ready and set. You just sometimes got to go. H- having a child, having a baby, I was saying this to the group. When you have a child and the doctor gives you the child to take home, you're like, are you serious? Like, you want me to take this new human home? Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but you figure it out as you go. Have you ever said, I sh- have you, this is us all the time. Have you ever said, I need to have you guys over at my house? Have you ever said that, anyone? We need to hang out. Anyone said, it? we need to hang out, right? But then you, it's been like three years and you still haven't hang- hung out because you're like, we need to hang out, but I need to, you know, but my house is a little messy, so I can't have you over. Instead, I, I want you this week, if you've ever thought that or said that, just invite them over. Say, uh, I, you should come over to my house. In, in three days. And guess what happens to your house? It's, it gets cleaned, <laughs> right? Your schedule clears up. When you go first, things happen. When you wait to get ready, your house is never will be cleaned. It just, that's not how it works. You have to go set ready, and, and, and that's how we have to live. We have to, a faith is a go set ready faith. I know it's backwards from everything that you know, but you gotta go set, You got to go set ready, right? Family, don't wait until you have it all figured out to pursue the dreams God has placed in your heart. Some of you, God has told you to do something. Some of you, you are so passionate about it, but you set back for the perfect time, for the perfect moment. Those do not exist. They do not exist. we got to go take a, a small step on every revelation God has given you. If God shows you just a little bit, take, take it. If God shows you a little more, take it. Don't step back and say, I need a 10-year plan. There, 10-year plans don't exist in the kingdom of God. You got to take it. You got to take plan step after step after step. Don't wait until you think the situation is optimal. There is no optimal situations. You got to jump. How many of us said, I should have bought that condo three, like, you remember six years ago when you could buy a condo for 50000 Same condo is 300000 yeah, you could have afforded fifty thousand. Instead of getting the truck, you could have got a condo and made three hundred thousand dollars. That's right, but it wasn't an optimal time. Maybe the housing market will go down just a little more. Man, I think that all the time. We should. Why did we buy a car? Mistake. I would have drive the junker for three hundred grand, right? But I'm telling you, there's no like perfect time for you to do something. It will always cost you. But go, set, ready. Take small steps and listen. God gets all the glory when you go for it, when you're not ready on your own because God has to move. When reading the Bible or the book of Acts, when the church started, they didn't overanalyze. They genuinely believed that the Holy Spirit would guide them, and he did, that the Holy Spirit would prompt them when he needed to, and he did. I absolutely believe that we don't just jump and do crazy stuff. You know, you've got to count the cost. You, gotta, you do have to prepare. But 2,000 years ago, Jesus also said, go, go love your neighbor, go forgive those who have offended you, go into all the world and make disciples. Go, go. This is not optional for Christians. The challenge Man, this, this is not optional. we got a challenge. So why do we ask if we should do good things for people? Should I do this, God? Shouldn't we ask, when, when I should, you know, when do you not want me to do these things? Instead of asking if I should go, we should ask if I should stay. The challenge and the mission of God has been put forward. Family, what would it look like one year from now in your life and in this church if we chose to go As a family, I think we could impact the city so deeply. I think some of you single-handedly could change so many things if we really believed that God was with us, that God was for us. What would your life look one year from now if you've dealt with all your relational garbage, the things that, the the messed up relationships that you had, the unforgiveness that you have in your heart? What if we dealt with that stuff? Head on, and we said it's no longer going to keep me back. I'm no longer going to think about it when family events are going to happen. I'm no longer going to point the finger or blame. What would that look like? Go, set, ready. Go, set, ready. All I know is this I don't want to get to the end of my life and wonder what if. Because the end of my life could be any moment, honestly. It's the regret of inaction that haunts us most, right? It's not the actions that you've taken. Most of us in this room, it's the inaction we take. It's the things we didn't do, the things we left on the table that we knew that were there, the things that we could have fixed, the things that we could have done. Those are the things that really burn. They burn us. The could-haves, would-haves, and should-haves. That's what we grant. Go, set, Ready. If you wait until you're ready, you'll be waiting for the rest of your life. You'll never be ready. Hill City Church in 2017, for you, it's time to go. Without risk, it's impossible to please God. And God is a rewarder of those who earnestly risk for Him. Let's pray. Let's stand. Say the word risk. In your own mind, what do you need to risk this year? What do you need to risk this year? What do you need to go all out on? I love watching passionate people because I'm like, man, there's something about them that your heart desires to be like, right? When they go all out, you're like, you're crazy, but I love it right there's certain people in your life that are just wild and crazy and you're like that's the part I love about you because in your spirit you there's something in us that we were made to go all out for God I like when people are praising God and they just don't care like snot's running down their face and they're just crying I'm like you go for it who cares what your neighbor says they're lame you go for it I love it when we people go all out you know why that, uh, that inspires you? Because you know that's the way we should be living. You know that's the, the, the way your spirit should be moving. And if you're sitting back criticizing, man, something is wrong with your heart. You know something's messed up if you're full of criticism. I'm just telling you. Complain and criticism is like, is poison, man. 2017, wipe that away. Take that out. When your spouse is complaining or criticizing, you you can't correct them right away. That's a bad move. <laughs> but, man, talk that through. Because it's poison and it's contagious. And you want your, your 2017 to be horrible? Complain about it. Complain about all the things that aren't working out. Criticize all the things that went wrong. Instead of seeing the beautiful life, the cocoon life, the plants growing, the fantasy land that we live in called life. When you see in the perspective of God, man, this is a good life even through all the hardship we are in on the story let's pray heavenly father i just pray lord god that we do not live 2017 as we did 16 that we make new not resolutions but new risks god not to just better ourselves what good is that how good is that if we just better ourselves god How can we impact our world? I know that there's going to be one or two people in here this year that really believe what I'm saying. And they're going to take this to heart, and they're going to change their workplace. They're going to change their family. They're going to change this community. They're going to change this world. But it's going to take a step of faith. I pray, Lord, it is not just by our faith, Lord God. Sometimes we don't even have faith. There's the man in the Bible that asked Jesus to heal his son. And Jesus says, your faith can heal that son. And he says, Lord, I I don't have that faith, but help. He says, I want to believe, but help my unbelief. It's crazy that God would help your unbelief. Even when you don't have faith, Jesus wants you to have faith more than you have faith. I know that's a crazy thought to believe. And Jesus goes ahead, even without the faith of the Father, to heal that son, because that father took a risk To say, I don't even have faith, but I'm going to take a step towards you, Jesus. I don't even know if this could happen, but I'm going to take a step towards you. It was the risk in that. And I pray as, as a family, as Hill City Church, we risk for you, God. We let it go. We throw it all in. We leave it on the table in 2017, and we let you dictate the outcome. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Amen. God bless you. Thank you. If you need prayer, I'm always here to pray for you, but go set ready. Write it down. Write it down. Even if it's silly, go set ready and, and figure out a couple things you need to go on. God bless you.